welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Heath Brady. I am your host, the Theological Coordinator. This is the show where you want to be. Why? Because we talk about the hard stuff. We talk about the tough stuff. You know, the stuff that a lot of people are afraid to talk about. You know, the questions that maybe a lot of Christians are afraid to ask or even answer. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, it kind of says what our motto is here. That the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and a sincere faith. That's what we try to do here on Real Talk with Heath Brady. We get real, but it's always striving to come from a vantage point of love. This week's episode, we're going to continue our Hashtag Blessed series. Tonight, we're going to be discussing peacemakers, but I have a very, very special treat for you tonight. A very special treat tonight. I have a guest. Yes, it isn't just going to be me. I have a guest. I have a very special guest. So before I even get started, before we even get going with our real talk, let me please introduce my guest for this evening. I have known this woman virtually my entire life. She is the love of my life. She is wise. She is incredible. She's amazing. She's beautiful. She's my inspiration. I could go on and on and on and on and on because I could do that all stinking hour. Let me introduce to you the one, the only, Andrea Brady. What's up, baby? Hey, how you doing? Hi, everyone. I know know what some of you are thinking right now. How did a woman like this stoop so low to end up with a guy like this i know that's what you're all thinking no no not at all oh i you know baby we have known each other for so long and after all that we have done and all that we have gone through did you ever think in a million years that you would ever end up doing something like this with me oh i could only hope right and dream oh really Oh, yeah, we're a dynamic duo. That's true. Yeah. But that's a bat, That's a Batman reference. Get your superheroes right on my show. Hey, <laughs> maybe I like Batman. It's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Most people who like uh, superheroes without powers, they go They go the Batman route. That's okay. Uh, okay, yeah. No, no, no problems there. How about so, Captain uh, America? We could go that route. There we go. There we go. If we're gonna, yeah. Most people don't know this. I'm not a Marvel guy. But if I was, Captain America is my dude. Yeah. Yeah, we we like Captain America in this house. So h- how you doing? I mean, hasn't I mean this week's been nuts, especially the last few days with all this weather and stuff. Yeah, it's so unpredictable. Yeah, oh, I know. I never expected like, to get this much snow, and yeah, it's kind of fun being cooped up in the house. You know. Oh, I know. It <laughs> Not is. Not like it we're used rough. to that or anything. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's quarantine's definitely a lot a lot more fun when you're choosing it. Yes, <laughs> I know. Well, at least I could go to the grocery store with a mask on. Now I'm just stuck at home. So yeah, I mean this we don't we don't like snow in the Pacific Northwest. We really don't. And I'm allergic to the cold, so I really hate right. snow. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, and uh, we take very very special care of that in our family, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for those for those who don't know, uh, which is pretty much probably everybody at this point, uh, normally you are sitting sidecar uh, here yes. in the office with me. Yeah, I'm usually so, sitting right next to you, quiet as a mouse. Quiet as a mouse, except, except when for the I occasional... say something stupid. <laughs> it's always fun when I take a drink of my tea or whatever and choke on it in the middle of right. your live stream, and I'm trying to be very quiet. And... Right. <laughs> It right. doesn't always work out so well. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things that you are very much privy to is is you get to hear uh, what what we do here um, in real time, the things that we talk about and the subject matter and whatnot. And um, occasionally you really give me a lot of insight and input um, on some. We, we have conversations. Um, so uh, essentially what all of you are going to be privy to is what it kind of looks like when my wife and I have coffee time uh, on on Saturday mornings and sometimes Sunday mornings before church. 
Mm. We we brew a fresh a fresh pot of coffee and we sit mm. in the living room with our puppies and we just go, "What do you got?" And we just start talking. And and coffee time has been known to sometimes go like several hours. So till two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> oh man, it's crazy. Yeah, not on, on a Sundays. good on a good day. Yeah, on a good day. Um, and and what's encouraging about that is we're married, and we love hanging out with each other, and we love talking to each other with each other about whatever. And we'll talk about really anything under the sun, right? Right. Yeah. So we're we're still sticking with we're we're continuing in our series of hashtag blessed. And as you can see, it's part six already. Uh, and tonight we are moving on to the next of the Beatitudes, uh, which in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So just to kind of, as a refresher course, to bring everybody up to speed, you've been sitting sidecar as we've been going through all this. Do you have any thoughts that you like to share at all about anything that we've that we've discussed up to this point, you know, in, in the series, you know, about I, spiritually bankrupt or, or any of that <laughs> stuff? I'm not trying well, to just, lead you. I love the progression of mm. the Beatitudes and your um, perspective on that and how it it's kind of how Christ meets you at your lowest point. And then it's like the um, the process of you know, getting to know him and the process of sanctification, really. It's, Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm listening. What's next week? What's next week? Yeah. Yeah. I'm following along like everyone else, really. You are. I even see you over there taking notes sometimes. It's, it's very, (laughs) it's, it's very humbling and encouraging at the same time. Um, you said something interesting to me the other day, you, you know, that, that this sanctification process that starts with being, uh, at the bottom of the barrel, you know, ultimately, because Christ is talking about this, this has to do with the sanctification process, specifically starting with the point of coming to the end of the, you know, the bottom of the barrel and ending up in the kingdom. But you said something interesting to me the other day that this really could apply, that this progression really could apply to anybody who's going through it. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, not, not, not just someone who has yet to be saved. But even someone who is saved and is really going through a rocky time, um, I thought that was really an interesting point that you made the other day. So you know, like I said, as as a refresher course, um, or you know, catch everybody up, we've gone from uh, we we've gone through several of these beatitudes now. That we start at you know, Jesus says, "Blessed are." fill in the blank and that and that the word there for blessed means to be happy it means to be fortunate it means to be lucky um and he starts off with those who are spiritually bankrupt those who have come to the end of themselves and then he offers them the kingdom and once they once we've been offered the kingdom he exposes the sin in our lives and it causes us to mourn because we see the thing or many things that kept us separated kept us separated or out of fellowship with God, and he comforts us. And because of that comfort, it makes us humble. We're humbled because we understand that we've received the Lord's mercy. Mm-hmm. And he grant He then grants us favor with others. That's the point where people notice a difference in us. There's a change that's happened on the inside that is obvious on the outside. Mm. Um, and that cause, and, and we realize that that is because of a work that Jesus has done in us. It's because of his righteousness in our lives. And so we chase after that more. We want as much of the Lord's righteousness as we could possibly get our hands on. And he says, we're lucky if we're in that state because we're never satisfied with having enough of Christ's righteousness. Insert gratuitous Hamilton reference. You will never be satisfied. Sorry. Hashtag Hamilton. We're big Hamilton fans in this Work. house, are we not? Yeah. Work. Yeah. Um, but there are things that the homilies and hymns won't teach you. Mm. Mm. Anyhow, uh, so 
and from there we understand along the along the way that because of the mercy that we've been shown and because we are now being continuously filled with Christ's righteousness that we see the need for mercy in others' lives and we want to show them that same mercy and we are blessed, happy, fortunate, lucky because the Lord continues to be merciful to us as well. And at that point, our hearts are made pure, they are refined. Remember, we talked about that on our last episode, that the refined heart is the, like we talked about the silversmith, that, that, that the, the purified heart is the refined heart. That um, it, it literally is, before we were saved, we had a heart of stone, and Christ came and replaced that heart of stone with a heart of flesh and then filled it with his righteousness. And, um, and, it was, and it's because of that transaction, that salvific transaction, that act of salvation and atonement, the work that Christ did on the cross working in us and refining our hearts and purifying us that now we are really able to know and understand who God actually is. And and I find that that is the biggest problem. What do you think about this? I find that one of the biggest problems that people have is not having a proper view or a proper knowledge of who God actually is. You know, um, we talk about it all the time on the show that that people say, oh, I believe in God or, uh, you know, it's okay to talk about God, but you start talking about Jesus. Uh, now there's now there's problems, right? Right. So then we come to Matthew chapter five, verse nine. So we, 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 we've now got the purified heart, the refined heart, uh, the heart that has been filled with the righteousness of Christ and made pure and we understand who God really is. And then Jesus says something really crazy. As I said last week, with the refined heart statement, he begins to turn a corner. He full on turns the corner with this one. Blessed are the peacemakers. Happy, lucky, fortunate, blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. And I think that right now, especially, it seems that peace is something that we all desperately need right now. What do you think about that? Well, obviously, I think we really need peace right now. Um, whether we're talking about what's going on in the world or what's going on in the church, wherever we're looking, I'm not seeing a lot of great news, but um, I see a lot of fighting mm -hmm. um, and arguing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we definitely need some peace right now. Yeah, um, one of the things that makes me proud is that you don't get lost falling down the rabbit hole of social media like I do. And I, I, don't. I spent <laughs> uh, you you play, you play your bejeweled games. Um, no, well, I pay attention. I just don't get too wrapped up in it. Yeah, you have me for that. Yeah. <laughs> Did to you hear you, to talk you down? Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> You're the one saying talk less. But, you know, I, I am on Twitter a lot. I, I play around. I don't play around. I, I'm engage, I engage people or am engaged by people on Twitter. And um, it is just insane. The state of the church right now. Um, where we are at in the church. And I mean the corporate church. The corporate body of believers. Especially here in America. That if there's anything that we could be splitting hairs over right now, you'll find it on Twitter. And, and it's, it's just insane. But Jesus says that we are to be peacemakers. So in your opinion, what is a peacemaker? What does a peacemaker look like? Well, I think if you're a Christian and you want to be considered a peacemaker, you should be focused on... Christ at all times, keeping your eye on the prize and mm -hmm. not getting um, distracted by quarrels and, you know, engage, um, encouraging one another and strengthening one another is mm -hmm. like, and building up the other body of the, the body of believers right. instead of um, finding every opportunity to point out people's faults or, mm -hmm finding opportunities to try to one-up each other 
um, or show how smart you are or how much more uh, Christian you are. Uh, Why I mean, do you if, have to be the smartest in the room? Sorry, another exactly. Hamilton reference. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I think, um, you know, it makes me think of Matthew 18 mm. when all of the disciples were quarreling with one another in the room talking about who's going to be the greatest in heaven. Mm. And we're still doing that. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> she's preaching right now. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> we are still doing that today, even though Christ reprimanded them for that. Mm. And really, Paul, if you look through all of the uh, Paul's epistles that he wrote, he was constantly reminding uh, the churches to do everything that you can to get along with one another mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. really that you should be focusing on Christ. And, and really if you are going through the Beatitudes and you've been forgiven and God's shown you mercy and you're being humble, this shouldn't be a problem. Right. But it's, you know, something that it's, we forget. Mm-hmm. It's easy where to we forget came, where we came from or what the condition, our, our condition is. Yeah. We're not all that much better than anybody else. You know, we're not, mm. it's, it's, um, I think that it's a way that we're rendered ineffective. Ooh. Okay. Hold that thought. Cause you're a little bit ahead of me and, and that that's mm. hold that, hold it. Come on. Hold that okay. thought. Oh, my baby's preaching y'all. Um, I love this woman. Woo. So, uh, okay. So let's, let's, let's dial it back a little bit. Let's dial it back. So okay. what does the world think that being a peacemaker looks like? And by the world, I mean, those who are not Christians or those who are not part of the corporate church. What, what, what are the folks outside of Christianity, um, think that being a peacemaker looks like? What do they think that actually is? Or what do they think it might be? Everybody guess has to get along. No, no war. No, nobody gets offended. Mm. Nobody. Uh, I don't know. Love is all we need. Yes, love is all we need. Things like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it all sounds good. In God's uh, economy. In God's economy, that's not what it is. But. Yeah. The problem, though, is that. Um, the world's definition of love and God's definition of love are very, very different. You know, I mean, it's, it's so cliche because of the way that, it, that it gets thrown around so much. It's part of that, what we like to call Christianese, you know, first Corinthians 13, it's the love chapter. Tomorrow's Valentine's day. Love is patient. Love is kind, etc. Uh, the kind, the kind of love that the world promotes is not patient. It is not kind. It always rejoices when there's something wrong. It keeps constant record of wrongs, etc. You know, so um, it, it's almost like the world is just saying that you know we we just have to we everyone just has to respect each other's views, and then if you're not going to respect each other's views, we're going to cancel you. You know, this whole cancel culture thing, right? You know, if you don't like. If you aren't going to accept me for who I am, then I'm just going to cancel you. But isn't it interesting yeah. that, in a, that in a cancel culture, when we cancel somebody, we still won't stop talking about them. How many times have we canceled Donald Trump in our culture? <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't, don't know. I about... didn't think we were going to talk about politics. That's right. We don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Talk me down. Talk me down, baby. Talk me down, baby. <laughs> Smile more. <laughs> um, it's okay. so you know the world says you know we just got to love each other and we got to respect each other's beliefs and you know so what do they say is the reward for that what does the world tell us how will we benefit how does the world tell us that we are hashtag blessed if we just love is enough and we're going to respect each other's beliefs and can't we all just get along i don't know well that's what they think peace is yeah that like, no worries, be happy, Hakuna yeah, Matata, right. you know. You ever hear that phrase that you're free to be yourself? Yeah. You're free to be you, right? But are we, are they, are we really? Are we really free to be ourselves? I think not, because that comes back to the problem. 
What if I don't like you and you're feeling like you're free to be yourself? What if you don't like me? Hey, man, you got to respect my views or I'm canceling you, right? It's it's this circular reasoning and none of it works. Okay, so let's move on. What typically does the church promote as being a peacemaker? What typically does the church say... Or what? How does the church typically promote peacemaking? Well, I think I think the church just wants everyone to get along and very similar, to huh? Like each other and mm-hmm. to uh, the local church, whoever, whatever church you're going to, uh, they most likely want everyone to believe the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of focus on doctrine. Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, do, and don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me. Tolerant. Doctrine is very, doctrine's very, very important, but it, really, it's I, not the most important. I think that a lot of the world's philosophy is seeped into the church Ooh. in regards to what the church sees as being a peacemaker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, like when you, Lily, you, I'm just describing what I said about, you know, what does the world think is a peacemaker? I mean, I really think that despite what, uh, the Bible says, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we want to be getting along with everyone, but it also says to be tolerant of each other's differences yeah. and understanding that um, we're all kind of should have our eye on the prize mm. in this. You know, we should all keep focused on Christ and what our um, as Christians, we should all be thinking about the gospel and we should mm-hmm. all be promoting the gospel and we should all be promoting strengthening each other, encouraging each other, you know, mm-hmm. not pointing mm-hmm. out our differences. And I think being a peacemaker in the church is pretty much just keeping your mouth shut. Mm. I, I I have found that's so good, honey. I, I have found that that a lot of Christians talk a really good game. You know, they've got all of their their eyes dotted and their T's crossed and their Christianese down pat. Um, and, and, you know, they talk the talk, but they don't necessarily walk the walk. You know, they, the, that, that they really, the church really does talk a good game. And it's really interesting that there are a lot of similarities between the way that the world thinks that peacemaking is supposed to look and the way that the church thinks it's supposed to look. It's kind of the same behaviors. The difference is the Christianese. We like to go, we like, you know, take two Psalms and call me in the morning, as my old pastor Mark Barrett used to say. You know, uh, Roman, Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. So in the church, there is this charge, you know, given to us by, by the Apostle Paul. That we are to strive to be at peace with everybody, right? Right. But let's get real. In the church, what typically ends up happening? When what? When there's a dispute? Yeah. You were well, you were, uh, you there's... you were talking about Matthew eighteen and, and things like that. So so go back. Well, to yeah. That. I mean, if you get if there is a disagreement in the church, then people want to go to the Matthew 18 scenario where they approach the person and tell them that they've offended you. And the infamous church discipline. (laughs) Yeah. And and then they're supposed to repent and there's supposed to be restoration, but if Mm. there's not, then you bring another person with you. And then if there's still not, then we, then you got a kind of a bigger problem. Right. And it just, it escalates and gets worse from there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, a lot of the time I find that when people say that they're sorry, they're not truly repenting and they're not really sorry. They're just saying they're sorry. You know what I mean? And they don't really take you seriously. And then things are weird. Yeah. Or you're too sensitive or, you know, I don't owe you an apology. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So inevitably, there's no humility in that. Yeah, no. How how is it that you think that, or someone can think that you're so above apologies? Right. You know, I mean, I I have seen that. 
Yeah. I've that's, seen that. That's why these beatitudes are in the order that they are in. You can't be a peacemaker unless you have been humbled. Right. A, a, an arrogant person is not a person who's a peacemaker. And so you have these situations in church all the time where inevitably what ends up happening is there's division, there's gossip. Uh, I, I talk about this all the a time. A lot of sharing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, we don't gossip. We share. Right. I'm so just sharing my feelings, you know. Right. So back in the 80s, remember, there was that Christian comedian. His name was Mike Warnke. And uh, he had this whole bit that he did about about how uh how it's how it's even how some of these worldly behaviors are even more dangerous in the church because we christianize them to death you know christians don't gossip we share <laughs> christians don't party we go out for a little bit of fellowship oh yes and christians uh christians don't um belittle or argue or chastise we share that we speak the truth in love in love yeah Right. Yeah. And so, but but in all honesty, I see it. You and I, we we we've experienced this. You and I have. Yeah. Um, we've observed it. We've been a, we we've been victims of it. We've corrected our own behaviors when we've seen it in our in our own selves. Do not think we are. Uh, we've cornered the market on peacemaking. We we need the righteousness of Christ just like everybody does. Yeah. But. There's the division, there's the gossip, there's the people that inevitably self-deputize themselves as the sin police, where they're going around pointing out each other's faults. You know, that, that brings to mind where Jesus says, uh, before you point, before you try to point out the speck in your brother's eye, remove the log from your <laughs> own. Yeah. I'm just saying. And so it gets dicey in the church when you talk about conflict and, and peacemaking, because the division that ends up happening, the gossip that ends up happening, the per things just get weird, right? That's why people leave. Because that's uh, that is the that in effect is the is the outcome, right? That yeah. you get dis you get distracted from your growing in your relationship with Christ. You end up hating or leaving your church. Mhm. Mm and worst case scenario, you end up hating or or abandoning your faith. Yeah, leaving I mean, the church altogether. How many people do you and I know that that are like, well, I grew up Catholic, or I grew up yeah. Christian, or I grew up going to church, or I went to I went to Sunday school as a kid? You know, oh, I've heard it all before. You know, how many people <laughs> do we know that that's part of the story, right? Yeah. Dig a little deeper. How many people do we know who have not abandoned the faith, that very much love Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, but hate church because of stuff like this? Yeah. It's really sad, and I see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just just so you folks know, um, in the not too distant future, we are going to actually be doing a series um, called "Spiritual Abuse," and we are going to unpack this very topic. And so, wow. Put this put this in the yeah. Put this in the back of your. It's real talk. Put this in the back of your head that that not too far down the road. Uh, we are going to have a real conversation for several weeks about all the different aspects of what we call spiritual abuse. Mm. Um, and I'm not talking about anything like mystical or mysterious or crystal gazing. You know, no, I'm not no, talking no. about that. I'm literally or talking. Or oppression from, right. you know, demons or whatever. Yeah. Nah, no, nah, no, nah. None of that stuff. <laughs> I'm, what, what, I'm, what I'm literally talking about is the experience of some form of abuse neglect uh poor uh poor mistreatment by another person in the church uh or people um and so we are going to do a series on that so i don't want to say too much along those lines right now but um just just uh just to let you all know that i know it's it's amazing i actually i had a meeting with a really close friend of mine recently um and and uh he he's in a very influential position of of uh, assisting folks who are training for the ministry, and he's and he and I talked a little bit about this subject, um, and and he looked at me and he goes, Heath, you know, it is just crazy to me, especially right now, how so much of this spiritual abuse, so much of this neglect, 
and and poor treatment of our brothers and sisters in the church is coming out is, is being exposed and 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 we're starting to talk about it and uh so so I just I want to I want to wet your lips a little bit there give you a little bit oh, of yeah. taste don't there. get me too excited I want to talk about it right now I mean. yeah I know well speaking of right now yeah. what about all of this fighting that's and arguing that's going on in the Christian community right now on one side of the one ditch or the other ditch. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's like it's like the church, it's it's like the church has has fallen into one of two ditches. You know that yeah. on, on the one hand, you've you know, and like I said, we don't talk about politics on the show, but it appears that right now you have two ditches, and most of the church is falling into one or the other. You have on the one side, you have the Christian nationalism. And then on the other side of the road, in the other ditch, you have the Christian liberalists that yeah. are basically. But if they're, the, if you're in ahead. the middle, if you're in the middle, on either side, and it's not like you're picking a side, you're just not interested in talking or you know being lumped in with either of those groups. If you keep your focus on Christ, you're in the middle, and both groups hate you. Yeah. <laughs> You're 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 called a, you, you are labeled treasonous by both groups because you're supposed to pick a side, right? Yeah. And 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 I tell you, there are some crazy crazy people out there that are naming the name of Jesus Christ and not promoting Jesus Christ. It, it's, right? It, it's just shocking to me. Um, you know, one thing that's crazy for me. One thing that's interesting for me, and, and I got to be careful how I say this because some people might misunderstand what I'm trying to say. Don't you think that it's interesting? I, I'll put it this way. For me, and if you agree with me or disagree with me, feel free to, to say so. But for me personally, right now, in light of everything that we're talking about in real time, some of my non-Christian friends are a lot easier to hang around with. And please, ladies and gentlemen, do not hear me say, oh, I get to screw off and do whatever I want to and sin up a storm so that grace may abound by hanging out with my non-Christian friends. That is not what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying, Andrew? Well, I, I think that there's a lot of drama that some Christians bring. Mm a relationship just mm. because they're so focused on their political the, views or what have stuff. you. Yeah. The other stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other stuff. And uh, all of the stuff that hasn't been burnt off in the fires of refinement. Yeah. Yet, <laughs> yeah. If you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, you know, I always have hard time making friends at church and, um, do you want to say why? Well, I think that, unfortunately, when a lot of people in church have some kind of an agenda, like they um, they don't just want to be your friend. They want to mentor you or they want to disciple you or they want to, you know. Get you on the email list. They want to figure out what you who you are, how you fit in, what can we, what, what kind of an asset are you? Mm. Um, instead of just being a friend and. And what's yeah. interesting is that none of your non-Christian friends care about any of that. No. They just want to authentically be present in the moment with you. Yeah. And it's I would easier. argue, <laughs> I would almost, I would, yeah. And I would almost argue that your non-Christian friends are totally cool with you practicing your faith around them. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I just think that's crazy. You know what I was thinking the other day? I mean, I have run into this in many different churches mm -hmm. where someone wants to befriend me and they're sizing me up spiritually. And what they're really looking for is someone that they can make their project or what have you instead Ooh. of... Um, just being a friend, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, you know, I was thinking about this a lot this week and I thought of the verse that says iron sharpens iron, Ooh, you know, that's mm-hmm. like a two way thing, you know? So, mm-hmm. and besides, if I were going to be discipled or mentored by someone, I would want them. I, I have been, and they were significantly older in, in the faith. They were significant, significantly older in age and it was, you know, there was no, I'm going to be your friend, but I'm going to also kind of make you my project. And it was very well defined ahead of time mm-hmm. that this person's going to, they're much wiser than me and I want to learn everything I can from them. And that was our relationship and it was wonderful. It's clearly defined. It's not like I'm going to pretend to be your friend and then like pick out everything that they we think I think is wrong with you or, right. you know. <laughs> right. I don't know. That's not how I do friendship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and all of that is not what Jesus is talking about here. No. In Matthew 5, verse 9. None of that is what he's talking about, I should say. Right. Um, so let's talk about... We are about, talking about peace, being a peacemaker. Right. But what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew chapter 5 is none of that. No. This whole concept of being a peacemaker in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 is something, com- as as is Jesus always was, it's completely countercultural. He is going to blow their stinking minds with what he is actually saying here. So let's ask the question, what actually makes a good peacemaker? Well, you have to look at the sanctification process that's here in Matthew chapter 5. You cannot truly provide peace you can't you can't truly provide you can't be a peacemaker without having a purified heart. Right. And you won't have you won't have a purified heart until you have received and and have begun giving mercy to others. And you won't understand what that mercy is. You won't be able to receive or give mercy to others until you've begun pursuing the righteousness of Christ. And you won't pursue the righteousness of Christ until he's humbled you. And how mm. does he humble you? He humbles you by exposing your sin to you, and you mourn over that. Right. And we're never going to mourn over our sin until we have come to the end of ourselves and are spiritually bankrupt. You see how that works? Yeah. So what, What? I mean, it. call me crazy, but right here, this is the recipe for the Christian life. It, it really, really is. And so now we come to the peacemaker. I read, I wanted to share something with you. I read a really interesting article a while back. It was probably about a month ago. Um, it was an article uh, in a magazine called The so- Sojourners. Uh, this man, his name is Jim Wallace. He wrote a piece on November 14th of 2019 titled The Peacemaker Question. And he says this. It's very interesting. He says this. Making peace is not the same as avoiding conflicts. Hmm. Making peace means moving into conflicts, trying to resolve them, to uncover their causes, to restore relationships, to heal wounds, and to seek a just peace. Peacemaking is conflict resolution. That's pretty deep. And I can promise you that in real time, the audience that Jesus is addressing, this idea of peacemaking that he is presenting to them makes no sense at all. No sense at all. Because these people want to avoid conflict. These people want to hate the ones that are persecuting them. These people want to hate their authorities. Sounds very similar to what's going on right now. That we are that there is this rebellion, this you know, we don't want we don't want to get along, even though we promote peace, we don't really want to get mm. along. Right? Right. So then you know, so we're we're getting to the point, we're getting to the point that Jesus is making that peacemaking is actually conflict resolution. And so conflict, that's a touchy subject, right? Conflict lit- you will always have conflict. The moment that two different people occupy the same space, whether it's physically 
or whether you're in the same room together or you're on the phone together or you're texting with one another, the moment that you are interacting in space with a second person, there's immediately conflict. You're talking yeah. about two imperfect human beings. They might be similar in a lot of ways, but they are not completely 100% the same. There's going to be conflict. And conflict's not always a bad thing. But here in this context, in Matthew chapter 5, there is an obvious conflict that Jesus is addressing here. Would you agree or disagree? There's an obvious conflict? An obvious conflict here. Hmm. I don't know. What is it? Well, we're going to get to that. <laughs> we're going to get to that. So when it comes to conflict, how should conflict be resolved? How do you think conflict mm. should be resolved? Well, I have a piece of scripture that I could uh, fall back on right here. Hey, if you'd like we, me to. What do we say on this show? We take a look at what's happening in our culture and say, what does scripture have to say about that? Yeah, so, baby. Exactly. So, baby. Yeah. Lay it on me. What does scripture right. have to say about resolving well, conflict? In Ephesians 4 1, it says, it's Paul. Mm -hmm. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the mm. bond of peace. Mm. So there's a lot of things there. Humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love and eager that's an important word. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You know. So it sounds very, very similar to the sanctification process that Jesus yeah. unpacks here in Matthew chapter five, doesn't it? Yeah. A lot mm -hmm. of the same concepts yeah. from the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. Oh, my baby girl and preaching to, up in here. <laughs> you're supposed to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. That's remembering where you've come from, you know, mm. and what Christ has done for you. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know, duplicating that in your life. Yeah. One of the things that I love about Paul, the Apostle Paul's writings is he is really, really good about remembering from whence you came. Yeah. Because it helps you understand what you've been rescued from. It yeah. helps you remember what you were rescued from and drive you even harder into the arms of of Christ on a daily moment by moment basis. Great, great, great stuff. Yeah. Um, Romans 5 verse 1 talks, talks about this a little. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So I asked mm. the question, what is the conflict that Jesus is talking about here? You see where I'm going with this? A little oh, bit. yes. Well, you know, if we're not... Christians, the conflict is the division between us and the Lord. Right. It's our enmity that we have with God. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, you know what's really interesting here? What? I don't I don't I don't like to to um, dive into the Greek and the Hebrew and all that stuff too much because I don't want to make anybody feel like we're in seminary. Right. I love that stuff though. I'm just teasing. I was like, Ugh. yeah. I know. But this word here in the Greek that yeah. Jesus uses that is translated peacemaker, mm -hmm. this, is the, this is the only place in all of Scripture that this word is used. Wow. Whatever the point is that Jesus is trying to make here, he's essentially telling everybody he's shocking them okay. because this is the only place they're ever going to hear this. Hmm. is out of his mouth, this word in the Greek, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce it for you. Um, huh. So what, okay, so what is, what there, so we, we talked about the conflict. What's the conflict? The conflict is the enmity between us and God, right? Mm -hmm. So, so what is Jesus actually talking about here? What is the conflict, what is the conflict resolution? What, what resolves the conflict? The gospel. The gospel. The gospel. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so, so listen to some verses here out of the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Okay. 
again, the Apostle Paul, he says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, mm -hmm. in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Boy, it sounds like he's in 2021 writing about America, I swear. Not trying, <laughs> not, try, not trying to eisegete the text. That means I'm not trying to read current events into scripture. So forgive me. Uh, among them too, you all, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, mm -hmm. indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in his mercy, because of his great love, which he, with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive together with Christ. Uh oh. By, by grace, you have been saved. And listen to this. Verse 13, same chapter. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. One more verse. I don't okay. mean to get preachy, but one more verse. <laughs> verse 19, same chapter. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. And that's really interesting. Of We're God's sons household. of God. Ah! What's the reward what? for the peacemaker? You shall be called sons of God. There you go. Drops the mic. Yeah. <laughs> this would See be how the you point brought where... that all right. You brought that right back around. See how you did that? I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> That's awesome. So so ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Here's what here's what Jesus is saying here. It is because you have come to the end of yourself, I have offered you the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And now that you are in the kingdom. You are, I'm going to humble you by showing you the sin in your life. And you're going to mourn over it because you're going to understand that this was what caused the enmity between you and God. And once you've mourned over that, you're going to be humbled. And, and, and as part of your humility, Christ is going to fill you with his righteousness. And then you're going to chase after his righteousness. Why? Because you understand the Lord's mercy that he did not give you what you deserved which was hell. Yeah. He saved you from it. And so now, because you understand what that was, you have to show that to others. You can't not show it to others. And in the act of showing it to others, Christ is purifying your heart. He is burning off the chaff. He is, he is refining your heart. He is purifying your heart. He is making you more and more like him so that you and I can be a peacemaker. That you and I can be the ones who reconcile or resolve the conflict, mm -hmm. which is in others. And yeah. we resolve it with the gospel. What is the gospel? That Christ, I just read those verses, that Christ died on the cross for our sins. That we were once dead in our trespasses and sins, and we were made alive because of his death on the cross. That is the gospel. That is the thing that resolves the conflict. Mm -hmm. I can just imagine when these people heard him say this, that the majority of them were like, this guy's nuts, I'm out. Because <laughs> if they now hadn't left he, already. <laughs> if they hadn't left already, right? Uh, if they weren't throwing tomatoes, they were picking them up now, right? Because mm. it's so countercultural. Yeah. It's so countercultural. We, in our own human wisdom and in our own strength, want to get ourselves out of trouble or lie ourselves out of trouble or shift the blame on, on something or somebody else, you know. And, and, that's, and that's why it's so important to understand this progression. You know, you can't be a peacemaker without being saved. You can't reckon, you can't be someone who helps another individual along the process of sanctification and bring peace to their lives without the gospel. Mm. You can't do it. 
You can sell people a bill of goods, and they're all over television. Yeah, I went there. Send your check here. <laughs> yeah, send your check here. Make your vow of faith. Plant your seed money. You know, the, I'm telling you, man. I'm just gonna say it. The prosperity movement has destroyed, um, nearly destroyed, the authentic Christian church in America. It's it's yeah. from the pit of hell. Sorry, I could talk about that all night, and I got all distracted now. Right. So. Okay. So we are peacemakers. He says that you are blessed, you are happy, you are fortunate, you are lucky to be the one who brings his peace to those who are in conflict with God. And your reward is that you are part of the family. Just as I read those verses in Ephesians chapter 2, yeah, verse 19, that you are fellow citizens with the saints of God and are now part of God's household. Mm. Good, good stuff. Yeah. You want to be a child of God? Where are you at on the sanctification process? Mm. Mm. So we're going to start wrapping things up. But I want to know your thoughts on something. Who, me? Okay, Andy. Yeah, you. Okay. Yeah, you. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yes. So... In this sanctification process of Matthew 5, the peacemaker is the one who has the purified and refined heart. This is the one who had their heart of stone replaced with the heart of flesh that Christ has refined. Think about what Christ has done in your life and share some thoughts in regards to the topic tonight. When I think about what Christ has done for me, I mean... It seriously humbles me that he's given me his grace um, and has not given me what I deserve, mm. which is his mercy. Or I, he's given me mercy instead of death, you know, because if we think about without Christ and without Christ in our, in our hearts and without looking to him on a daily basis for guidance, to help us live in peacefully and li live in love, then, um, you know, I just think that we need him to be successful, to mm. be lights in the world, to um, be peacemakers, because without him, we're nothing. I mean, without love, we're just bong, bong, bong. <laughs> A noisy gong, right? Mm. Once um, again, that's uh, the love chapter, First Corinthians thirteen. Yeah. Sorry, I had to go there. <laughs> no, it's mm, preach, baby. Um, that's that's good stuff. And I know that it, it takes. I mean, yes, there's that moment when you become a Christian, and the sanctification process begins. It's never finished. I mean, right. yeah, we mature in the faith, but we've never arrived. And I'm still learning just like everyone else out there is still learning. And, you know, I have challenges every day and I have to remind myself every day to go to the Lord, to go to the word, to mm -hmm. pray. And, uh, you know, the days that I do, I Thank him for the answers to prayer and for him being in to he demonstrates in my life that yeah, you know, how much <laughs> how much I need him every single day. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, especially when he he answers my prayer and I'm like, wow. Uh, it's humbling. Right. Sets me right back to being humble again and thanking him for his mercy. It's so great. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul, again, said uh, in, in reference to uh, the state of having it all together, so to speak. Yeah. Um, we press I, on. Yeah. yeah, not that I have obtained it yet, but I press on to the upward call, for there awaits for me a crown of righteousness. That on this side of eternity, as you said, mm -hmm. that sanctification process is never over until we are with the Lord. And I grew up in the Salvation Army Church. You and I talk about this all the time, that in the Salvation Army Church, when a soldier passed away, they were promoted to glory. And, and <laughs> I, I like uh, that. Yeah. I think that's cool. And the sanctification process ends uh, 
when we are promoted to glory, when we are glorified. Uh, yeah. It's out of Romans chapter 8, the last few verses, the Apostle Paul once again. Hmm, I kind of like Paul. Yeah. Gosh, honey, uh, I really have loved having you on here. Uh, you have just blessed my socks off with with all of your wisdom and and your your transparency. And before before we go, is there any final thoughts you want to share? Any 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 advice or or counsel or anything that you like to share with anybody? I, I don't want to cut you short. I want to make sure that you've gotten everything off your heart that you want to. I just I have hopes and dreams of things improving in our, the Christian the greater Christian community, but you know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. press on, you know, yeah. I'm what I'm, I'm, I want to be a peacemaker, you yeah. know, Amen. That, that's my, I like, I want to press on mm-hmm. just like Paul. And I, I don't want to worry too much about what everyone else is doing. It can be Absolutely. discouraging. That's my point, I guess, looking mm-hmm. around and getting distracted, like, Oh, there's those people over in that ditch. And Oh, there's those people over there too. And I got to keep my, my eye on the prize. I mean, you know, everything is about grace and football, right? Amen. If, if there are quarrels on your football team. Oh, now she preaching my language, y'all. If there are quarrels on your football team, what do you say? You know, what do you say? Yes, I can. Together we will. Together. Yes. Keep mm-hmm. your eye on the prize. We're out here to yeah. win a football game, you know. Well, not no even to it, win. No, well, yeah, it's, but it's working to together, yeah, to finish. And yeah, you know, when one player thinks they're the star, no, yeah, it doesn't work. So, even in the in Christianity, it's like that. But I can only worry about myself. I have to be accountable to the Lord myself, mm. and I can't worry about too much about what these people over here are doing or those people over there are doing. I just can pray for them. Because the Bible does say that. Pray for them. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna talk about that next week. Ooh. Because the whole the whole two ditch analogy. Yeah. Ties in with what we're gonna talk about next week. Because but, you look at those you look at those two ditches and you see what people are doing and you stand up for the gospel in the middle and you are labeled as treasonous and what happens. We're gonna talk about that next week. What what's next week's? I'm not. I don't know I'm my gonna... beatitudes by heart. There's two left. We are getting close to wrapping up our hashtag blessed series. I'm sitting here. Uh, I have my Bible on my phone, and I'm reading along with you as you're as you're reading. But uh, next week we talk about persecution. Oh, persecution! But don't All spill right. the beans. Don't spill the okay. beans because people won't come back. Okay. They will, I know, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, well, sweetheart, love of yes. my life. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on with me tonight. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for you having bet. me. Me and you, baby, till it the wheels fun. fall I off. Like... Amen to that. Well, in closing, I want to read some a couple of verses from Colossians. The Apostle Paul, once again, chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. He says, And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death. That's Christ. In order to present you before him, that's God, holy and blameless and beyond, repro- beyond reproach. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful, amazing, powerful words. I think every word that Paul wrote was so powerful. He wrote half the New Testament for crying out loud. God wants to make peace with you. And he wants to make peace right now. If that's you and you're at war with God, you can find peace through the gospel that we've been talking about through this whole entire stream tonight, this whole entire episode tonight. Mm-hmm. God not only wants to make peace with you, but God wants to use you to make peace with others through the gospel. And that is all I have to say about that. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Real Talk. You can follow me on all of the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can listen to every episode on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen or down listen to or download your podcast from. I would ask you, tell a friend to tell a friend what we're doing here because ultimately I want you to remember. The goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart 
a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Thanks again to my amazing wife for joining me tonight. We will have her back on again soon, I promise. But until next time, this is the Theological Coordinator saying, peace.